killing the world as they prove to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. When I'm killing, I'm always proving it's the same. Yeah, the hottest podcast out there. Oh, yes. Very informative. When I'm home, Tim, I'm always tuned in for days. He has the hottest podcast out here. When I'm home, Tim, in the world, I stay tuned to the famous podcast. It's the hottest message out there. I'm about to get on their ass this time. I'm about to get on their wrong. The police could kill a man on camera and get qualified immunity. And I'm tired of beefing with my own kind. I'm trying to find some unity. Tired of the foolery. The system abusing me. I gotta ride with the tool of me. This shit ain't cool to me. But I'll be damned if I let you niggas make a fool of me. So I keep two me. Uh, I done came a long way from the block with breakdowns. Finally opened my eyes when I had my daughter. Got tired of them shakedowns. The way I survived the game is still pain in my heart. I got a lot to say now. And I'ma show my whole ass on these motherfuckers. I ain't about to play around. Whatever happened to freedom of speech? Cause they telling niggas what to say now. When guilty ass don't wanna hear the truth, try to act offended, shit pitiful. If I was you, I'd be miserable. This war we fighting is spiritual. In other words, I'm doing God's work when I turn thoughts into artwork. My words fly like darts work, specifically designed to hit the target. They don't even wanna teach history the way it's meant to be because the shit is heartless. I might not change the world, but it's a chance I can spark the brain that's gonna get it started. Many die for me to walk like this, for me to talk like this, but the peace to Marcus. Got my eyes behind the scope, and I ain't taking number headshots. I got great aim, but my four five still came with a red dot. I got in this game, and I put this bitch in the headlock. Many members of the Kazarian royal family immigrated to Spain. Until the 13th century, the Crimea was known to European travelers as Gazaria, the Italian form of Kazaria. So these Edomite converts immigrated to Spain. Okay, this was around uh, the fall when we, they conquered us in Spain, when the white men began to take it back. And these so-called white people, these converts, they some assisted us but most assisted the white Christians. And then in 1492, they began to send us into slavery. These people joined with their Christian Caucasian brothers, which is to be expected. 
All right, brothers, all right, sisters, that was some good history right there. That was some good look into our hidden history, now, wasn't it? So you can learn a lot from our history. You just got to dig and delve, and you'll find it. Uh, like I always say, the African-American section will only go but so far it starts with slavery on up. You want to go before that. You want to go to the, in the library and go to the Jewish book section. That's right. Jewish book section, Byzantine book section. That's the areas you want to go to. Bible book uh, section. Jewish biblical Hebraic book sections. Sections like that. That's where you want to look. That's where you want to delve in. And you want to look for the old books. Books put together primarily by so-called Jewish people. That way they can't argue with you and go, you're, you're a racist, you're an anti-Semite. That's what they do. To throw to, to to distract people off the real situation, the real phenomena. That's what they do. That's what they do. So now what we're going to do, I've been telling y'all for about a good year and a half now about this one world religion. Well, brothers, well, sisters, guess what? It's here. It's yeah. They have completed the facilities in the UAE, in the desert, mind you. They have completed the synagogue, the church. They have completed the mosque in the United Arab Emirates of the One World Religion. Let's sit back. We're going to take a look at their promo, and then we're going to take a look inside of these three uh, Abrahamic, as they call them, three Abrahamic faiths. Okay, so sit back. I'll be right back with my commentary. All right. to create one world religion what the world will be like if we all have the same religion if we all believe in the same god what religion would it be is it islam judaism or christians watch this video to find out one world religion refers to the idea of a single unified religion that encompasses all of humanity regardless of cultural ethnic or national differences the concept is based on the belief that a single religion would promote unity, peace and understanding among all people, leading to a more harmonious world. There are several factors that have led to the renewed interest in the concept of a one world religion. Globalization has brought people from different cultures and backgrounds into closer context, increasing awareness of common spiritual and ethical values. At the same time, 
advancements in technology have made it easier for people to connect and share ideas, leading to a greater sense of interconnectedness. A one-world religion is a very interesting topic since 2020. Many people are working on these ideas. A one-world religion headquarters had been opened in Abu Dhabi. It is built on the islands in the middle eastern city of Abu Dhabi. The headquarter is done in collaboration with Pope Francis and Sunni Muslim leader Sheikh Ahmad Al Taif. They have signed a global peace covenant called the Document of Human Fraternity for World Peace. The One World Religion headquarters will have three buildings. One building each representing a mosque, a church, and a synagogue. Some people likes the idea because because it promotes peace and understanding among religion, but some people they dislike it. Christian peoples, however, understand that the term one word religion to refers to the mergings of all religion, including Christianity, into a single global religion. One world religion is directly linked to the last days when the Antichrist will establish a one world religion, which will be associated with a one world government and lead to the mark of the beast. Bible prophecy says the persecutions will start with economic sanctions. No one can sell or buy unless they have the money. Now, the question came up, what is the mark of the beast? I've been telling you for a while, the mark of the beast is sin, breaking God's commandments, whether it's through the venue of religion or politics. Anything that goes against God's commandments in the book of Revelation, it is called the mark of the beast. Okay, for, uh, let me give you the flip side of that. When you read Ezekiel chapter 9, let me get it. Ezekiel, let me find it. Bear with me a second. Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse 4. And it reads, And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. You see that? So this mark here, okay is for the righteous the mark of the most high god is those that keep the commandments they were sealed marked from dying and being destroyed okay that's what ezekiel 9 is for and 4 7. now when you get to revelation let's get there this is the flip side of the coin revelation chapter 13 because you may ask the question how could they force us to worship or break God's commandments. Don't watch. Watch through fear of death like they did in the book of Maccabees. And now we're going to touch on all that. Look at Revelation 13 and verse... I'll start at 16. Watch this. No, I'll start at 15. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. That's the white man's image. Worship his image. That the image of the beast should both speak... They got that image of Jesus speaking through their television, through their media, and caused that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. You were killed. Okay. Now that happened during the Spanish Inquisition, especially. Okay. But you may be asking, what about now, today, in these days and times? Watch this. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand, meaning they support it, or in their foreheads, meaning in your mind, because you believe it, 
Okay. So now we know in terms of nations and, and, and countries, what does America do? Okay. If they don't, if you do not follow America's policies, I'll use that terminology, their policies, what happens? Watch verse 17. And then molten and that no man might buy or sell save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. What does America do? They put embargoes on countries and nations. They put sanctions, no trade allowed, no buying or selling. Now let's bring that up to us. Let's say we, here in America, you don't go along with the one world religion. You don't want to follow along with that. Let's read it again. And then no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark. What mark? The mark of sin. Or the name of the beast. The name of the beast is Babylon the Great, the United States of America. Or the number of his name. What's the number of his name? Watch the next verse. Here is wisdom. Let him that under, let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. What man? The white man. And his number is six hundred threescore and six. That's the number of destruction. Okay? So unless you follow his Policies, whether political policies or religious policies, you won't be able to buy or sell. Now, you said that's impossible. I want you to think back a year or two ago during the time of COVID. What did they do to people that did not take the vaccine? A lot of them were terminated. You couldn't you couldn't even travel. Y'all remember that? So don't think it's too far fetched. Okay, do not think it's too far-fetched what I'm showing you. So, just as the mark in the book of Ezekiel chapter 9 is keeping God's commandments, so likewise here in Revelation 13, the flip side, the mark of the beast is sin, breaking God's commandments, whether politically or religiously. I hope you all understand that. And the way that they're going to try to force the people to submit is that you would not be able to buy or sell. They would have a new, new form of currency, digital currency, wherein they could, they could shut you down at any moment and any time. Okay? That's what it's talking about. That's how they're going to force people to do what they want. By playing with your money. With, and it's going to be a new digital currency. As I've been showing you, okay? So don't... It's not no microchip. It's the mark of the beast is not a microchip. The mark of the beast is sin, breaking God's commandments. That's what it is. All right, brothers. All right, sisters. I've been telling you. I've been warning y'all. So now, I want y'all to take a look at this next clip that shows you how similar uh, Islam, Catholicism, and Judaism is. And I'm going to let you see from the so-called white man's point of view. And I'm going to read a, an article. And we're going to delve into how similar these religions truly are. I know we always thought they were separate. But they have very close similarities. All right. So let's take a look. And I'll be right back once again. Mary is worshipped as a black Madonna and as a white Madonna. So we have all these interesting nuances. The Hittites use the symbol of the half moon and uh, the solar deity. This symbol today, of course, is used by none other than the United Nations. Well, 
let us travel to an Islamic country today. Here is a Catholic cathedral in Amman. And uh, I'm photographing this Catholic cathedral standing at the mosque. <laughs> so I'm standing on the ground of the mosque and I'm photographing the Catholic cathedral right opposite. Now, it's interesting how Catholicism and Islam stand side by side in all the Islamic countries. And every time, I'm so surprised to see the cathedral and the mosque next to each other. You see, if you know the inside religion, behind the scenes, they're actually the same. So if I look at the symbolism on the outside of the Catholic cathedral, I have the symbol of the sun, because it was the symbol of the sun worship. And the cross, of course, the symbol also of the sun god. And there is the symbol of the sun. If I go across the street, and there is the great Abdullah Mosque, one of the finest, built by King Abdullah, on the gates you have the symbols of the sun. Same symbolism, same religion. On top, of course, now here you have the moon, the sickle moon, which the Catholic Church had on the clock. It was a symbol of Baal, or Baal. Inside this mosque, there are, of course, no pews, because in Islam you bow down and kneel on the floor on the carpet and if you look up at the tremendous dome you have again the great solar blazes in this wonderful building Islamic dress well you can look at old-fashioned Catholic nuns and you will find that the dress is identical Catholic nuns wear the same dress as Islamic women of Orthodox faith this is uh, the great mosque in Damascus Fascinatingly, inside the mosque, right inside is the shrine, and there is a Muslim man praying at the shrine. Now, who's he praying to? Is it to Allah there? No. He's worshipping a relic of the dead. Because this is the shrine of none other than John the Baptist. Now, if you know something about Johansenites, we've spoken about that, then you can already pick up, if you pick up the name John, you have Johansenism, then you have secret societies blended in the background. And they claim that this place has the head of John the Baptist. So an Islamic shrine in Damascus, this is by the way the oldest mosque, the most illustrious in uh, that country, has this head. Fortunately, the Roman Catholic Church has a shrine with the arm of John the Baptist. I always say, if they carry on, they might be able to put him together again. I don't know. So, it is the same form behind the scenes. Inside the mosque, the women are not that important. They are relegated to the side. The men get the central positions. They are praying there with beads. In Catholicism, you pray with beads. You pray with rosaries. Now, which other religion has the priesthood just for men? The Roman Catholic Church is exactly the same. And here you have the same position in the Islamic world. The Islamic all-seeing eye, this is a very prominent structure that is used in all of Islam, and you will not find a taxi cab anywhere in the Islamic countries that will not have the all-seeing eye there as a protection. Of course, it's used in Catholicism as well, and it's on the US dollar and all these interesting places.
This is of course the eye of Hathor, the eye of Osiris on an Egyptian temple. There it is on a Roman Catholic pulpit. Another one on a Roman Catholic cathedral. Masonic author Carl Claudi writes, this is one of the oldest and most widespread symbols denoting God. We find it in Egypt, in India, the open eye of Egypt represents Osiris. In India, Siva is represented by an eye and the Encyclopedia of Freemasonry says the all-seeing eye is an important symbol of the supreme being borrowed by Freemasonry from antiquity. On the same principle, the Egyptian represented Osiris. So, Islam uses the symbol, Catholicism uses the symbol. I'm just showing you some comparisons. Let's see how similar that hand is in the various three main religions. What is the meaning and symbol of Hamsa hand? The Hamsa symbol, also known as the hand of Fatima, Hume's hand or hand of Miriam is a popular symbol in Middle Eastern and North African cultures. It represents protection and strength against evil forces as one of the oldest symbols filled with a rich history. It is used in modern times for many different things. Different religions refer to it as the hand of Mary, Fatima, or even the hand of Buddha. In some cultures, the Hamsa symbol also represents abundance and fertility. The open right hand shape is seen as a uh, is blocked off there of giving and receiving blessings. Look at this. The history and origins of the Hamsa symbol. The origin of the Hamsa's hand. The origin of the Hamsa hand can be traced to ancient Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, ancient Carthage, and North Africa. The meaning of the Hamsa hand also has roots in various religions, including Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Wow, you can't make this stuff up. Look at the rosary beads, the Christian rosary beads or Catholic rosary beads. Does Islam use beads when they pray? Do they have prayer beads? Yes. Very similar religions, brothers and sisters. Beware. And if I go to sensitive history, well, then I must quote sources that say it rather than that I say it. This is a fascinating book, and the web pages are there, you can check it out. Facts are Facts. This is a book that was written by a Jewish man. And he confronted the thinking of many of the high-placed individuals of the world. This is interesting stuff. In this book, Benjamin H. Friedman, a Jewish man, writes about the Jews and reveals an interesting history. He states that the present Jews in Palestine are not the true descendants of the Judeans, but rather descendants of the Khazars. In the letter addressed to D. David Goldstein, of Boston, Massachusetts, a convert to Catholicism. The author, Benjamin Friedman of New York City, dated October 1954, provides some fascinating insights. This is in the public domain. Let's study this for a while and see where we get. Benjamin H. Freeman claims that the word Jew was only introduced into the English language in the 18th century and that Jesus referred to himself as a Judean and not as a Jew. 
inscribed upon the cross when Jesus was crucified were the Latin words Iesus Nazarenus Rex Iodeorum, which means Jesus of Nazareth, ruler of the Judeans. Now this is fascinating. I went and checked it, and it is so. Yes, it happens to be so. Now the word Jew today has a religious as well as a political connotation. You think of a Jewish entity, a government, but you also think of their religion incorporated at the same time, whereas the term Judean is a geographic connotation. It's a geographic. It doesn't incorporate the religion. It's where he came from. He was from Judah. He was a Judean. He further writes, the form of religious worship known as Phariseeism in Judea in the time of Jesus was a religious practice based exclusively upon the Talmud. The Talmud in the time of Jesus was the Magna Carta, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, all rolled into one of those who practiced Phariseeism. The Talmud today occupies the same relative position with respect to those who profess Judaism. So the rituals and rites that many of them observed were based on the Talmud and not on the Torah. Rabbi Morris, this is all from the source, Rabbi Morris in Kurtzer wrote a most revealing and comprehensive article with the title, What is a Jew? which was published as a feature article in Look magazine in June 17, 1952 issue. In that article, Rabbi Morris Kotzer evaluated the significance of the Talmud to Judaism today. In that illuminating treatise and that important subject, by the most qualified authority at the time, Rabbi Morris N. Kurtzer stated, the Talmud consists of 63 books of legal, ethical, and historical writings of the ancient rabbis. It was edited five centuries after the birth of Jesus. It is a compendium of law and lore. It is the legal code which forms the basis of the Jewish religious law, and it is, note, the textbook used in the training of rabbis. So rabbis are trained according to the Talmud. And the Talmud has very little in common with the Bible. Then he states, From the birth of Jesus until this day, there have never been recorded more vicious and vile, libelous blasphemies of Jesus or Christians and the Christian faith by anyone, anywhere or any time than you will find between the covers of the infamous 63 books, which are the legal code which forms the basis of the Jewish religious law as well as the textbook used in the training of rabbis. I don't want to go into it. If I were to put the quotes on the screen, which the Talmud contains about Jesus, you would be horrified. It is some of the vilest statements that I have ever had the dishonor of reading. And this is what their training consists of.
He then proceeds to quote some of the most horrendous statements from the Talmuds regarding ethical issues, and not only regarding ethical issues, which deal with many, many issues from economics to relations with women, etc., and, of course, the view on Christ. As to the origin of the present Jews in Palestine, he states that those Jews derived from Eastern Europe and many, many of the Jews that today live in the reconstituted state of Israel come from Eastern Europe are not descendants of the Judeans or the lost tribes of Israel, but rather descendants of the Khazars. Who were they? They were a nation most people do not even know of. He writes, The so-called self-styled Jews in Eastern Europe in modern history cannot legitimately point to a single ancient ancestor who ever set even a foot on the soil of Palestine in the era of Bible history. What secret mysterious power has been able for countless generations to keep the origin and the history of the Khazars and the Khazar kingdom out of the history textbooks? Did you ever learn about it at school? I never learned about it. And out of classroom courses in history throughout the world, the origin and the history of Khazars and the Khazar kingdom are certainly incontestable historical facts. You have to do some cross-checking. Even the Jewish Encyclopedia is quite explicit about it. All right, brothers and sisters. So what's the problem with a one-world religion? Everything, everything's wrong with it. It's against the Most High and His laws, and it's against His 12 tribes of Israel. They want to do away with the people of Israel, us, the true 12 tribes of Israel. Let's go to Jeremiah 31. And 35, I'll start there. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon, and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances, meaning the sun, moon, and the stars, depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. What does that prove? That proves that the 12 tribes of Israel are still in existence on a planet today. Okay? I hope everybody understands that. Verse 37. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cut off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. So if the white man can measure, measure space if he can measure to the bottom of the ocean, the Lord said he would cut us off. This is why the white man's going out in the space trying to measure. You can never measure space. And now he wants, and he wants to measure the ocean. You can't do that, Mr. White Man. It's impossible. <laughs> I hope y'all see that. From there, let's go to the book of Romans, shall we? Let's go to Romans chapter 11, verse 1. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. That's right, the Apostle Paul. Verse 2. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. 
What what ye not what the scripture saith of Elijah? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. Remember during in the book of Kings, Queen Jezebel, okay, and her wicked Israelite husband Ahab, they were killing the prophets of God. Jezebel and her false prophets of Baal were slaughtering and killing the prophets of God, which were all Israelites. Okay? Yeah, remember that history. And during that time, Obadiah, there was a brother named Ob Obadiah who hid the prophets by fifties in caves. That's what he did. Now let's go back to Romans 11. Y'all can read that history on your own. Uh, verse uh, 4. I started 3. Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. That's what Elijah was saying. Verse 4. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. So through that slaughter of the prophets, they wanted all Israel to worship a false god and the real prophets ran into hiding okay now watch this verse 5 even so then at this present time also there is a remnant according to the election of grace you see that even so at this present time what is he talking about during the time of the apostles during the time of the apostles that was happening now watch this bear with me I'm going to read about that. So you ask yourself, well, what was happening during the time of the apostles? Let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 12. Acts chapter 12 and verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. See, this was during the Passover celebration, verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. We, the Israelites never celebrated nothing called Easter. The Romans were, though. The Romans celebrated it. We were celebrating Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. I hope y'all understand that. I hope you understand that. Watch this, watch this. Let's go to Acts 26. Acts 26, and let's start at verse 9. And it reads, oh, this is what the Apostle Paul was speaking regarding himself when he went by the name Saul. Verse 9. I have verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priests. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them, meaning they had trials, and Paul testified against the saints in Christ. Verse 11, and I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme. How did he compel them to blaspheme? Through torture. Torture of self, torture of their spouses, torture of their children. 
That's how he did it. And compelled them to blaspheme. And being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Do y'all see that? Y'all see what the Apostle Paul or Saul was doing during that time? Do y'all see? Was that the only time? Let's go to the book of 1 Maccabees, shall we? 1 Maccabees chapter 1 and verse 41. I'm showing you that this cycle, this chain of events continues over and over and over. 1 Maccabees chapter 1. Let's start at verse 41. Moreover, King Antiochus or King Antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom. This was the Greek empire. That all should be one people. This was democracy, Christianity, that all should be one people. I got to say it again. Democracy teaches that and Christianity, that all should be one people. This is what the three Abrahamic faiths teach. One people. Okay. Verse 42. And everyone should leave his laws. So all the heathen, meaning nations, agreed according to the commandment of the king. Verse 43, yea, many also of the Israelites consented to his religion, his what? His religion, and sacrificed unto idols and profaned the Sabbath. Do y'all see that? Verse 44, for the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, that they should follow the strange laws of the land, and forbid for burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple. And that they should profane the Sabbaths and festival days, and pollute the sanctuary and holy people, set up altars and groves and chapels of idols. See that? Ch These are all churches. Very, we call them churches today. Let's read verse 47 again. Set up altars and groves and chapels of idols, and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts, that they should also leave their children uncircumcised, and make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and profaneness. To the end, that they might forget the law. Whose law? Forget God's law and change all the ordinances. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said he should die. Do y'all see that right there? Do y'all see that right there? Do y'all see that? I hope y'all understand what we're reading. Okay. Verse 51. In the selfsame manner wrote he to his whole kingdom and appointed overseers over all the people, commanding the cities of Judah to sacrifice city by city. Then many of the people were gathered unto them, to wit everyone that forsook the law. And so they committed evils in the land, and drove the Israelites into secret places, even wheresoever they could flee for comfort, succor, comfort. Do y'all see that? Do y'all see that? Now let's go to 2 Maccabees chapter 6. Let's go on into the same thing. 2 Maccabees chapter 6, and let's start at verse 6. Neither was it lawful for a man to keep Sabbath days or ancient fasts or to profess himself at all to be a Jew. And in the day of the king's birth, every month, they were brought by bitter constraint to eat the sacrifices. And when the feast of Bacchus, that's Bacchanal, was kept, the Jews were compelled to go in procession to Bacchus, carrying ivy. Ivy, See that? Y'all see that? Moreover, there went out a decree to the neighbor cities of the heathen by the suggestion of Ptolemy against the Jews that they should observe the same fashions 
and be partakers of their sacrifices. And whoso would not conform themselves to the man of the Gentiles should be put to death. Do y'all see that? Then might a man have seen the present misery. So if you lived at that time, you saw the present misery. Verse 10. Verse 10 again. For there were two women brought who had circumcised their children, whom when they had openly led around, led round about the city, the babes handing, hanging at their breasts, they cast them down headlong from the wall. And others that had run all together into caves nearby to keep the Sabbath day secretly, being discovered by Philip, were all burnt together. Do you see that part right there? We're all burnt together. Remember, during the time of Spain and Portugal, okay, during the, the time of the Inquisition, they called it an auto, auto de fe. Auto de fe. Okay. Or was it auto de faith? Auto de fe, I believe it is. Where they burnt the Jews alive. So this is nothing new, brothers. This is nothing new, sisters. These tri tribunals, these tribulus, tri these times of persecution, peril, tribulation, are like a ring. They keep going on and on until the return of the Son of God. I hope y'all understand. I hope y'all understand. I truly hope you understand. Let's go to 2nd Ezra 16. I'm showing y'all something. Just pay attention. Just pay attention. 2nd Ezra chapter 16. And let's start at verse 70. Watch this. Here we go. For there shall be in every place and in the next cities a great insurrection upon those that fear the Lord. They shall be like madmen, sparing none, but still spoiling and destroying those that fear the Lord. For they shall waste and take away their goods and cast them out of their houses. Then shall they be known who am I chosen, and they shall be tried as the gold in the fire. Y'all see that, Israel? You ain't gonna get this by just saying, I believe in God, I believe in Jesus. Mm -mm. You're gonna have to prove yourself. Men, women, you're gonna have to prove yourself, okay? Hear, O ye, my beloved, saith the Lord. Be behold, the days of trouble are at hand. What's the days of trouble? Tribulation. But I will deliver you from the same. Be, be, ye, not, be ye not afraid, neither doubt, for God is your guide. And the guide of them who keep my commandments and precepts, saith the Lord God. Let not your sins weigh you down, and let not your iniquities lift up themselves. Don't listen to any Israelite group that tells you you don't have to keep God's laws. It's a non-factor. Don't listen to any Israelite groups like that. Leave them. Y'all better come this way. You better join this way as we teach you to keep the Most Highest Commandments. I hope y'all understand. I hope y'all understand. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. Let's go to 2nd Ezra chapter 5 and verse 42. Watch this. And he said unto me, I will liken my judgment unto a ring. A ring is a circle. Like as there is no slackness of the last, even so there is no swiftness of the first. 
So from the last to the first, God's judgments remain the same until Christ returns. Once the Israelites keep God's laws, waking up to their truth, to the truth of who they are, tribulation comes over and over and over. It happened during the time of the kings, during the time of Elijah. Mm-hmm. It happened during the time of uh, Babylon. It happened during the time of Persia media. It happened during the time of the Greeks that we just read about. It happened during the time of Rome that we also just read about. Mm -hmm. And as I told you, I've been going over it before. It happened during the time of the Spanish Inquisition. Okay, when we were in Spain and Portugal. Now it's going to happen again this time in the times of America. That's what the ADL is about. That's what the Southern Poverty Law Center is about. That's what the Canary Mission Missionary Group is about. As they set up laws and legislation against the Israelites, it's going to happen again. Fear not, though. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't doubt. Don't worry. Let's go to Matthew 24. And we are going to start at verse 22. Watch this. This is what Christ said. And except those days should be shortened, talking about days of tribulation, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. You see that? Don't worry, Israel. Verse 23. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ or there. Believe it not. Don't believe anybody that says Christ is here on earth. Verse 24. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets. That's what the three Abrahamic faiths is all about. Let me read that again. For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show, show great signs and wonders. That's their science, America's science, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Verse 25. Behold, I have told you before. Watch this. Wherefore, if they say unto you, behold, he is in the desert. Where's the three Abrahamic faiths located? In the desert, in the United Arab Emirates. That's, that's the desert. Verse 26 again. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, he is in the desert. Go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers. What chambers? Those three different chambers I've been showing you. Believe it not. Do you hear what the Bible saying? Believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Y'all see that? Do y'all see that? I hope you understand that. For wheresoever the carcasses, there will the eagles be gathered together, meaning dead bodies to war. Watch this, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven as missiles, rockets, satellites. And the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. That's war. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Do you see that? Do y'all see that? And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, that's of the twelve tribes of Israel, from the four winds, from the from one end of heaven to the other. You see, deliverance is going to come. So regardless of the great tribulation that we must go through, the Lord has promised, he has prophesied to save 
those that remain behind. Watch this. What about those that died, Bishop? What about those that died? Fear not, fear not, fear not. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the voice and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Y'all see that? Deliverance is coming. Resurrection is coming. Let's show that in the Apocrypha. Watch this. Second Esdras 2.16, and it reads, And those that be dead will I raise up again from their places and bring them out of the graves, for I have known my name in Israel. You see that? So the elect that's going to be gathered together is Israel. It ain't all races on the planet Earth. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Fear not, thou mother of the children, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord. Y'all see that? Romans 8.35, Romans 8.35. Watch this. Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? No. Or distress? Uh-uh. Or persecution? Nope. Or famine? Mm-mm. Or nakedness? Mm-mm. Or peril? Nope. Or sword? Nope. As it is written, watch this, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors uh, through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Do y'all see that? All praises to the Most High, all praises. So don't fear, don't doubt, don't give up hope, brothers. Don't give up hope, sisters. I have prophesied things to come, and they shall come to pass, according to the word of God. All right? So with that, let's get to the reading of the shout. Study the Bible so I know it well. Yeah, can't let nobody make myself a cell. Can't even lie, yeah, I still struggle, but I know myself. I fear God, I told him I don't want to go to hell. Pray for the sermon, I'll be asking what's the gift in me. Must be this music, cause the world think I'm so sick with it. I switch my style, some people love it, some trying to get with it. I think what matters most is I'm living out what's God written. I make mistakes, but I embrace them, I'm still human. I escape from that place that made me feel ruined. So every day I still chase what I think I'm losing. And pray to God in the end that I don't look stupid. Why do I feel I'm unable? Double-minded, I'm unstable. Wanna put all me on the table so God can make me an angel. Was living life like Cain, cause I was jealous of Abel. God told me, look up, child, I just wanna save you. I need to hear your voice in life so I could get through this. For you, I shoot for the stars every time and I don't miss. Every time I drop a hit, I still don't feel the bliss. And deep down, I know it's only cause I'm still living in sin. You transform my pen, they laughed at me, now I'm laughing with them. Transform my gifts so now I can't even rap with them. I need to use my talents cause the devil be distracting them. Hey, what's up, this phase? Just trying to holler at y'all and see what's going on. Had a lot on my mind reminiscing, trying to figure out these things that are going on my mind. Trying to figure out some puzzles. I'm not here to start nothing. I ain't trying to start nothing. Just got some things that I want to get done. 
some things that I want to get solved, some things I want to enlighten myself with. So maybe y'all take a time and get the opportunity to stop by and listen to my thoughts. Hope so. Very intellectual. So if you get time, just holler at me. I'm reminiscing all in my room, just trying to figure out a whole lot of things. Until then, y'all have a great day, and thank you for coming in and listening to me.